Hi, my name is Rita Trotter, founder of The Health and Fitness Coach. Welcome to the Health Collective Podcast, where we talk everything body, business, balance and being for busy women looking to take control of their health, weight and body for good. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, hello, hello and welcome to today's episode of The Health Collective podcast really lovely to have you here and can't wait to have a bit of a chat with you today about willpower so today we're talking about willpower the truth about it and really how to get more of it because i've often said that in the past i don't believe in willpower in fact in fact i used to refer to it as this sort of fleeting moment of bravado. But recently I had a change of heart because I realized throughout my life with my own struggles with willpower and reactionism and impulsivity, I've come to learn that willpower isn't a myth or a genetic trait that you either have or you don't. It's a skill and it's a belief system. And if it's a skill and a belief system, then that means that anyone can develop it at any point. It's like a muscle. It can grow stronger or it can become weaker if it isn't used. So what we want to do today is start to learn how to build your willpower instead of just breaking it down. And to build willpower, the first thing that we need to do is to change where you think right? And I know that sounds bizarre, like where you think, but you can actually change the part of your brain that you're using to process information in order to take a sort of long-term view and control your behavior. We all think from different areas of the brain and certain areas are used for impulsive and spontaneous choices and others are used for more logical and analytical area. So your amygdala is the part of your brain that is, I guess, what we would call impulsive. It's the petulant child, you know, that I want it now, now, now. There's biscuits in the cupboard. I want them now, now, now. That's the amygdala. This is the part that grabs, you know, the the handful of M&Ms off your co-worker's desk or, you know, dives into the bread rolls on the table. It's, it's the part of your brain that instantly goes, what can I get now with instant satisfaction? But by stopping and questioning these choices before you act on them, you literally shift the place where you are processing information from the amygdala to the frontal lobe. So your frontal lobe is the part of your brain that is associated with willpower, restraint, self-control. So The next time you get the urge to reach your hand into the biscuit jar, first thing to do is transfer your mental control from the the impulsive part, sorry, of your mind to the logical part. And you're probably sitting there going, well, that sounds great, but how on earth do you do that? I get it. So what you would do is first of all, take a few deep breaths and then ask yourself some complex questions about what you are feeling. What what you're about to do, what is triggering these emotions or cravings, and whether the action actually supports your long-term health goal. Don't rush it. 
carefully contemplating these results of your decisions and actions will allow you to move from that go, go, go state where you're ready to act on impulse to a a no state where you're able to make healthier choices. So it's really key that we take time in that moment to actually just shift and pause. That's the very first thing that we want to do. The second thing is to focus on the need in that moment that we're fulfilling. So when we're being impulsive and choosing something, you know, very instantaneously, it's because we're filling a certain need. That need might be connectedness. You know, often we'll have takeaways with family members. We feel connected. We sit together. It's a way of being with each other. Often we will eat and drink to feel connected. I mean, how many people listening to this have had a drink, not because they necessarily wanted alcohol, but because everybody else was doing it and they had a desire to feel connected. You know, when you go into the bar and you say, oh, I'll have a lime and soda, and everybody looks at you with this kind of odd view on their face and says, don't be boring. Why, Why are you doing that? You know, have a drink. And there's this sense of peer pressure, but equally a sense of belonging. If I don't have a drink, I don't belong to this group. I don't belong to the people around me. And so we feel disconnected from them. And one of the fundamental six human needs is to feel connected. So often we will eat or drink to feel connected to family or friends. You know, I once had a client who told me that she had takeaways every Friday and Saturday. And I I asked her why. And she said, oh, it's easy. I said, that's not the truth. Let's look at this a bit more. And it turned out that her partner really wanted takeaways on a Friday or Saturday. And she felt that if she said no, that he would feel like she was moving away from him, that she was changing and trying to shift and that he would feel disconnected from her. So she'd have takeaways essentially to pacify her partner. And we all do it. We've all done it, especially with alcohol at bar. So what we want to do is once we've taken those deep breaths and thought about the feelings that we have in that moment and shifted from amygdala to frontal lobe, we then want to look at what need are we satisfying? So connectedness is one. And the other two that we usually use when it comes to food and drink are certainty and uncertainty, which I know sound a bit of a contradiction in terms, but we all have a desperate need for certainty in our life. So we, you know, how would it feel if you woke up one day and the sun didn't rise? You'd feel really on edge. You'd be scared. You'd be nervous. Nothing that day would go right because you'd feel very, very uncertain. And uncertain leads to unsafe and unsafe leads to insecure and insecure leads to let me distract myself from this by finding something that does make me feel certain. So if I eat that bag of M&Ms, I know for certain that for a second, I'll feel good. I know that if I drink that glass of wine for a second, I will feel numb. So we often eat or drink for certainty. And then the other one, you know, uh, contradictory is uncertainty. So we then look for that need when we are bored. So filling out spreadsheets over and over and over again. 
or we're doing the same data entry or the same thing over and over and over again. Even if you've got young kids watching Peppa Pig over and over and over again, there are certain things in life where we just get bored. And a lot of people get bored in their life, either through work or through lack of doing things creatively at home. And so we reach for, oh, I'll have some popcorns. Oh, I'll have a packet of crisps. We we just go through the cupboards because we're bored and we're looking for some variety and uncertainty in our life. So that's the other thing that we need to do is once we've shifted from amygdala to frontal, we then need to look at, am I trying to find certainty? And am I trying to find uncertainty or am I trying to find connectedness in what I'm doing? If we look at willpower from another perspective as well, willpower is essentially down to our belief system. So I've had clients tell me that I don't have willpower. And I say, okay, you're right. And they sort of look at me a bit shocked and bizarre, but okay. I've also had people say, I have great willpower. And again, you're right. Willpower is essentially a fluctuating muscle. The more you believe you have, the more you do. The less you believe you have, the less you do. It is based on your own belief system. And the belief system that you have will be based on the way that you talk to yourself. So if you tell yourself over and over again, I don't have willpower, guess what? You won't. Your conscious brain. So the conscious brain is aware of time. It is responsible for conscious choices. The conscious brain is actually only responsible for about 10% of what you do. Your subconscious brain is responsible for about 60 to 70%. Now, the rest is made up of your unconscious. We'll talk about that on another day. But your subconscious is essentially responsible for the majority of everything that you do. Now, the subconscious has no sense of time and also doesn't know the difference between truth and fiction. It genuinely hasn't got a clue. The subconscious is where your imagination comes from, where dreams come from. The subconscious can believe anything you tell it. So if you tell it something over and over again, your subconscious will absolutely believe you. It has to. It's the way it's designed. It's, you know, when you um, tell yourself over and over again, I'm overweight, I'm ugly, I'm stupid. Or somebody else tells you, you give somebody else, maybe in a toxic relationship, you give them permission to tell you over and over again, you are ugly, you are stupid, you are fat. Then your subconscious will believe it. Anything it hears enough, it believes. So one of the things I want you to think about is in order to have willpower, it's dependent on the language that you use. So the quality of your life and the quality of your willpower will be dependent on the quality of your thoughts, the quality of the verbiage that you're using. And thoughts start with questions. So the quality of life is dependent on the quality of the questions that you ask yourself. So maybe you ask yourself questions like, why can't I do this? Why am I so bad at this? Why do I always fail? Why can't I stop drinking? Why do I always overeat? If these are the kind of questions that you're asking yourself, you've got to wonder what answers can your subconscious possibly give you? If you ask yourself, why do I always fail? 
Can it really give you a positive response? No, it has to give you a negative. There is no choice but to give you a negative response because you framed it like that. So imagine we reframe that question to how can I succeed in weight loss this week? How can I? It's a very positive forward question because the only answers that you can give are positive. How can I means we have to supply a solution-based answer, not a problem-based answer. Why do I always? You have to give a problem-based answer. How can I? A solution-based. So if we're asking ourselves solution-based questions and giving ourselves solution-based answers, we're much more likely to use verbiage and language that instills a greater sense of belief in our own willpower. And when we instill that belief, our willpower automatically goes up. It's just the way that it works. So one of the things that I want you to do, you know, there's a few action points from today's session. The first one is obviously when you feel yourself reacting and grabbing those biscuits, stop, breathe, question the feelings, why you're doing it and the needs. This will shift where you're thinking. Second thing is I want you to start looking at the way you talk to yourself. What questions are you asking? Are they negatively framed or positively framed? What answers are you giving yourself? How often are you saying to yourself, I can't do this. I fail at this. I'm bad at this. And then realize that every time you use that phrase, your willpower, your belief system, I've lost my words. Your belief system is believing everything you're saying. Your subconscious doesn't know the difference. If a child was born and told that the sky was red and they were told the sky was red over and over and over again, what's going to happen? They're going to believe it. It's an instantaneous, obvious thing. So We need to realize that the words we're saying have a profound impact on whether we have willpower or not. So start by saying to yourself every day, I do have willpower. I do have willpower and say it with conviction. I do have willpower. Don't say it with your shoulders shrugged and looking down, feeling embarrassed. You're not going to believe it if you say it like that. So you've got to say it with conviction. And the last thing I want you to think about the last action step is how you relate to yourself when something maybe doesn't quite go to plan. And I sort of put it like this. Imagine you've got a coffee cup, right? Imagine you've got a mug, coffee cup in your house, a china one, and you smash it, right? You accidentally break it on the floor and it's smashed. Do you then go, screw it, I've smashed one coffee cup, I might as well smash them all? No, of course you don't. That would be ridiculous. You would probably look at me and go, why on earth are you smashing all your cups? You now have nothing to drink from. If you bought the wrong size shoes, would you say, screw it, I'm never wearing shoes again? Forget it. I hate shoes. Shoes are rubbish. Shoes. I always fail at buying shoes. I'm just going to go barefoot for the rest of my life because you made one mistake and bought the wrong pair of shoes. Would you do that? No. So why do you do it when it comes to 
in your perception, losing willpower. Screw it. I ate one biscuit. I gave in. I don't have willpower. Bugger it. I'm going to eat biscuits for the rest of the day. Do you see the juxtaposition there? As a a logical aspect, we don't, we make mistakes in every area of our life. At work, do you make a mistake and go, I wrote the wrong email or I handed the report in late? Bugger it. I'm going to hand the report in late every single day for the rest of my career. No, you'd lose your job. So what we have to realize is that same skill of saying I've made a mistake, but it's not going to lead to me making that same mistake over and over again is the same skill that we need to apply when it comes to food, alcohol and willpower. Just because you ate a biscuit doesn't mean you should go bugger it, I'll eat the rest. Just because you have a glass of wine doesn't mean go screw it, it's Friday, I might as well drink through to Monday. Just because you smashed the cup doesn't mean you smashed the rest. It's the same with willpower. Just because willpower may not have felt there for one moment doesn't mean you have to jack it in for the rest of your week, day, year, month, however long it is. Accept that you broke the cup. Accept that you ate the biscuit. Accept that you drank the glass of wine and say, fine, I'll make a different choice next time. I do have willpower. So those are the three main action points from today's episode. First of all, shift where you're thinking by stopping, pausing, and actually reflecting on the feelings that you have in that moment and why you're doing what you do. Second, look at the need that you're fulfilling. Is it connection with other people, connection with yourself? Is it certainty? Because I know that this is going to make me feel good for a second. Or is it uncertainty? I'm bored out of my mind. Let's go to the vending machine. And the third action step is exactly what we just said about don't smash all the mugs. That's all I'm going to leave it as. Just because willpower abandons you for a moment doesn't mean you don't have it. It just means something didn't quite go to plan. If you're driving from the south to the very north of the UK, you're doing this long journey and you have to stop for fuel or gas if you're American listening to this. If you have to stop for fuel, earlier than you thought you would. You don't say, right, I'm not going to do the rest of the drive or I'm going to go and drive off a cliff into the ocean. You carry on the drive. It was just a little momentary blip. If your tire bursts, you don't say, screw it, I'm going to puncture all of the other three tires. You call roadside assistance or you do it yourself. You put a new tire on and off you go. You don't just destroy the rest of the car because one little moment happened. So willpower is exactly the same. Don't believe just because it disappears for a second, it's gone for good and you don't have it. The more you tell yourself that, the more you'll believe that you don't have it. So look at the verbiage, look at the language. What are you saying? How are you talking to yourself? That was the other action step, wasn't it? Questions that you're asking yourself. Are they positive or negative framed questions? Are you telling yourself that you don't have motivation and willpower? Because if you are, guess what? You won't have it. You've got to shift the language that you're using to a more positive state of mind. So hopefully that's helped. Hopefully that's been of some sort of use for you today. If you need any further assistance, feel free to reach out to us. We're thehealthandfitnesscoach.com. You can email support, S-U-P-P-O-R-T, at 
thehealthandfitnesscoach.co.uk or you can private message us on Facebook, find us on Instagram or LinkedIn or you can WhatsApp us on plus four four seven seven six nine six nine zero six seven nine. If you need any more help, information or you just want to chat about any guidance that we can give, feel free to reach out and in the meantime, hope you have an amazing day and I will see you on the next episode. All right, bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you need any more information, help or advice, or would like to book in a free discovery call to discuss your health, weight and body shape goals and the best way to get you there, head to www.thehealthandfitnesscoach.com for more information and links to our social media or message us at plus four four seven seven six nine six nine zero six seven nine or email us at Rita R-I-T-A at the health and fitness Thank you for listening and I can't wait to see you on the next episode. In the meantime, live, love and learn.